one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Welcome friends to another r/malicious compliance video. If you're not too malicious of a soul, could you hit those like and subscribe buttons down below? That said, our first story of the day is by Deuce Booty. If it rings up wrong, it's free. My cousin went to the grocery store. He rang up his groceries at self-checkout, noticed that something rang up the wrong price. He finished the transaction, then went to customer service and asked them their policy for when something rings up wrong. The person informed him that if something is rang up for an incorrect amount, it's free. He pulls out his receipt where his item was rung up wrong. The customer service person looked at the receipt and didn't see any overcharges. My cousin calmly pointed out that he'd been charged around $3 for something, it should have been 4 and because it rang up for an incorrect amount, the item should be free. He got his money back and the item. Next time he returned to the store, the policy had been clarified, saying if an item rang up for more than it was listed in the aisle, it was free. Be honest, if you were at a store at a self-checkout and you're going through and something rings up the wrong price, but there's no notification, nothing seems off, and you could save a little bit of money, would you just bag it up and keep going? Or would you just be too paranoid? Let me know in the comments down below. Our next story is by A.K. Shaner, booked a hotel just for a meal. Several years ago, when I was working for a construction company, I used to spend a lot of time out on construction sites. My company had a pretty good travel and meal policy, so I never had any issues. But one rule they did have was that you could purchase meals on the company credit card only if you were doing an overnight stay. The idea was that they didn't want meals to be charged to the company if you were just driving back home each night anyway. Most of my work sites were pretty far off, so this never made much difference to me as I always stayed at a hotel during these trips. One project needed me to work at a place that was 45 minutes away from my home. I wanted to go home each night and sleep in my own bed, but I was told I couldn't incur food expenses as I was not staying overnight. I just wanted to eat dinner before I went back home, but I wasn't allowed. Cue malicious compliance. I began to book hotel stays costing $150 a night and incurred food expenses of $50 a day. Now I was charging lunch, dinner, and the morning breakfast. So in the end, the company paid for close to $1,000 of expenses because of a policy that would have otherwise cost them max 50 bucks. Nobody asked anything about it, firstly because it's a very large company, and secondly, they knew I hadn't broken any rules. This is definitely a frustrating scenario where like, you can so clearly advocate for them to save so much money, but for some reason they're going to stick to their policy, they're not going to have any kind of exception here. Either you stay at a hotel and we pay for your food, or we're not paying for anything. Okay, well, pay for the hotel, I won't actually stay there, and buy me the dinner I've been wanting. This next story is by Elbergu. No, I am the master of baiting. Enough time has passed that I think I can safely post the story here. It's a tale of revenge, a petty grudge, and giving the doctor exactly what he requested from Mr. Tato's IT department, who is me. Okay, so a while ago, the resident doctor at Mr. Tato's Tato plant resigned to go for greener pastures, which is a shame because he was the nicest guy. 
A couple of weeks later, Mr. Tato's medical wing sent us a replacement doctor, and I almost instantly didn't like the guy, who we'll call Dr. Mekos. I like to think I have a pretty sharp intuition, but I don't really let it drive my behavior in front of people I just met. But holy crap did he ever work to deserve it. During the course of his first couple of months at the plant, Dr. Mekos lost the documentation for my contractor several times, then denied them entry because they had no documentation. This caused several vital repairs to our network infrastructure to go behind schedule, and Francis, the plant director, to get on my butt about it, was specifically demanding of my time, most of the time for petty things I can't control or address, didn't even get a ticket or anything. He would just call me over to look at his computer, demanding I fix it. Not his work computer, his personal computer. Also, somehow made enemies of most of the departments. This will come into play later. Then, THE incident. Due to electrical equipment failure, for quite some time, all the network infrastructure had to be powered with a diesel engine. I don't really want to go into the specifics cause it'll fill the story with clutter, but either gas goes in, or the plant stops and Mr. Tato loses a buttload of money. So my contractors came in to fill the critically empty engine. At this time, we were about an hour away from a dry engine and doom. Francis, the plant director, personally approves and escalates the entrance of my people as an emergency. Then Dr. Mekos stops the whole thing citing a health risk. My people can't work, and the power plot will stop. Eventually, me, Francis, and the maintenance department got around it by asking maintenance to pump the gas themselves. But this move earned the ire of Francis and got the dock into my crap list. But that wasn't the thing that earned them my grudge. One day, Priscilla asks for my help. She's the head of her own department, a very nice older lady who knows not a darn thing about computers and is constantly asking me for help. Because she warrants about half of my support tickets a year, you can say she's my primary source of income. Well, I'm working on her email because it won't load. Then Dr. Mekos comes in asking for whatever. And let me tell you, he was not just rude, he was dismissive, called her worthless. When I ask her about it after the guy left, she tells me he's like this every time. This is the moment that gives me causes belly. I started collecting information discovered some very interesting tidbits, and waited for my time. This will come into play later. One day, Dr. Mekos calls me into his office. He demands that I give him access to the open net, because at the moment he can't browse freely. This was my time. I say, well, I can't really do that. You have to create a support ticket and a request. This could take weeks or a month. Technically true, it took a couple of days most of the time. It'll also have a cost for your area. This was also true, it would cost about a dollar a month. He stood there for a couple of seconds thinking, then said, But you have internet access on your desk. You can browse anything, right? Give me access. And there it was. I can do that, but you have to keep it confidential. Because it's outside of the corporate network. There's no surveillance. Do it. And I did. Usually, in a corporate setting, employees have access to the heavily monitored and restricted corporate network. Mr. Tato's network has a team of people that block all the fun stuff and watch your every move. The network he asked me to route to his office is basically what you would find in a home. I mostly use it for things that need access to an outside network, and it only has my eyes on it. Yes, this was a trap. The moment I finished routing the cable to the doc's office, I set up a small backup laptop with surveillance software and started the capture. Called the doctor 
told him his private internet is installed, and I reiterated how he should consider this an olive branch and he should tell nobody about it. Now, a couple of very interesting tidbits of information. Surveillance software is so cool. Basically, it sees and logs traffic on your network. You see what every computer or device is doing on your network, what sites you're browsing and at what times. During the course of my investigation, I learned that Dr. Mekos was a serious creep. He earned infamy with his female staff with lewd and uncomfortable comments. Several female workers also complained, but due to the way HR works, Pete, the head of HR, couldn't do anything about it without hard evidence. But I knew what the capture would find, and the doc delivered fast. After a whole day of data capture, I showed the logs to Pete, and I was honestly almost impressed. Several different adult entertainment sites at 10am, traffic to this various sites for about an hour. We asked the staff at the medical office, and this time he was shut into his office. Another visit, different site this time, at 1pm lunchtime, guess he was having a cheeseburger, and a third one at 5pm, one hour away from closing time. Dude watched adult entertainment at work on his work computer three times in one day. It was kind of hard to explain to Pete how data capture works, but that was it. Hard evidence. I apologized to Pete for giving him extra work, but he dismissed it, said he was happy to have cause. Called the head of medical nationwide immediately. Dr. Mekos was escorted out by security the next day, and I showered his work laptop in alcohol before starting work on it the next day, and my days improved. Also, the title of the story probably makes sense now. This guy seriously had, like, some kind of, I don't know, addiction going on here? Three times at work on your work laptop? No wonder they were so pushy to get unbridled internet access going. This dude must have been, like, begging, like, screaming on the inside, like, please, I need to watch my adult entertainment. This next story is by Slightly Artichoke. I'm not the section leader? Then why should I teach? When I was a high school junior, I was second chair for the second violins in orchestra. My stand partner, the section leader, was the sophomore who I'll call Ben. Ben was an amazing violinist, and he knew it. He would frequently tell me that I was the only violinist in the section that he respected, which rubbed me the wrong way because he was actively insulting my friends. When we did sectionals, Ben would take advantage of our director being in a separate room to tear everyone's confidence down and basically be a huge jerk about everything. During the second trimester, he wasn't able to take orchestra, and I became the section leader. This may be self-congratulatory, but every person in the section came to me privately and told me they much preferred me over Ben because I actually respected them. I made a point to use constructive criticism over straight criticism, and I admitted that I don't have a lot of free time to practice so I understood that they couldn't dedicate their lives to high school orchestra. Third trimester, Ben came back. I was once again second chair and he was first. He would make the weirdest comments like, Hey girl, you miss me? To which I would just roll my eyes and keep practicing. Despite these comments, he seemed to have mellowed out. Unfortunately, he didn't. First sectional, he went right back to yelling and degrading the second violins. I would often tell him to stop and I would bring up how much progress we'd made while he was gone. After I'd meditated, he quieted down. At least, until I tried to explain some notation in the sheet music. He started yelling at me and kept repeating, I'm the section leader. The only person that knows how things work is me. Cue malicious compliance. I started slacking off during sectionals. I would play with the full orchestra, and I did individual practice. 
but when we were separated, I completely ignored what was going on. Ben was obviously frustrated, but he couldn't really do anything, until one day, he got to the notation that I was trying to explain before. He had no idea what he was talking about, so he asked me to explain it. My response? Sorry Ben, but you're the section leader. I obviously don't know how to do anything. Ben stormed out and didn't show up to class again. I found out two weeks later that he'd quit orchestra. I felt kind of bad about it, but that guilt went away quickly when I could hear the vast improvements my section made without being verbally abused constantly. So in my personal opinion, if I had to work underneath Ben, it would probably make me want to just outright quit. If I worked under OP, I probably would flourish. People kind of vary how well they can deal with tough love type criticism. Me personally, I would not be able to thrive in an environment like that. And our final story of the days by CNC Dark Void, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. A couple of years ago, I was working as a sole SME, subject matter expert, for a small company. And it was awesome. I had a great time bringing them into the new millennium. It was real bad. Had good relations with everyone, and the company in general made it a point to be good to its employees. My work spoke for itself. The department I was assigned to started turning a profit for the first time in company history. Not that hard when you actually know what you're doing. Management saw dollar signs and went on to articulate a bunch of different ideas on how to best evolve and continue this recent trend of successes. Maybe I was too expensive. Maybe I'd push back on too many a dumb idea. Maybe they thought they could do without me since things were no longer on fire. In any case, they felt they needed to get rid of me and decided that instead of having a conversation, the solution would be to simply frustrate me to no end until I'd eventually quit of my own volition. I would later find out they'd done this to other employees before, so they started exploiting the pride I have in the quality of my work. Every other week, management would tell me that business unit was complaining about me, then refused to answer any questions or elaborate any further. The strategy worked, as this frustrated me greatly, until one fateful day when I was pulled into a meeting. It was about an unrelated topic, but of course they had to mention once more that business unit was complaining. You're denying me any and all information about this nebulous complaint. What the heck do you expect me to do? Answer, I want you to talk to head of business unit. For God's sake, can't you solve problems by yourself? So I decided that's what I was going to do and sat down the next day to type out the following message. Dear head of business unit, I was told yesterday for the sixth time that business unit was complaining about me. For the sixth time, I asked for details, elementary things like subject of the complaint, and for the sixth time, any and all information was categorically denied to me. I do not know why management isn't interested in solving problems, opting instead to play guessing games with my nerves. In any case, as one apparently can no longer expect information to be passed on, I warmly recommend that you take up any and all issues directly with me. This way, I'll be able to ensure that they're not only taken seriously, but also actually handled. Best regards, my name. P.S. With the writing of this message, I consider the matter closed until such a time as someone providing me with an actual subject of complaint. With management CC'd, it didn't take long for them to pull me into a meeting room and voice their displeasure, but since I hadn't done anything but present facts, there was nothing they could accuse me of apart from showcasing their own crappy behavior. Play stupid games? Win stupid prizes? They did finally find the backbone to tell me I should seek employment elsewhere, 
and I moved on to greener pastures. Until today, I can only speculate on why they chose to poison the relationship instead of just asking me to find new employment and letting me leave on good terms. Oh yeah, and my department? It folded the following year. Needless to say, I feel like this is the kind of thing that people in this industry kind of spread around. Meaning if a company treats you badly like that, you should probably tell any of your colleagues what happened, what they did, and hopefully this company gets a big red mark against it as far as most of those people in that field of work go. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. So of all these stories I've read today, which is your favorite and why? Let me know in the comments down below. And if you haven't yet, if you could like and subscribe, that would mean a lot to me. Whatever you do, whether it's liking, subscribing, turning notifications on, all of it helps grow this channel and I appreciate the heck out of it. So until next time, I'll see you all tomorrow with some more stories. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.